Why can't I write any more songs, Paul? <laughs> what? Oh. You had your one. Yeah, all right. Oh, you blew it, <laughs> You had your one chance. You do. You wrote about an octopus. Peace and love. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. Wing. Did, what? Do you do you oh, remember wing. that uh, video that Ringo put out a while ago? No. Where it was, was just it selling ring cams. Uh, no. <laughs> Here's Ringo for ring cams. Uh, that would be great. Um, but no, it was him saying like. Uh, he doesn't want people approaching him about autographs anymore. And it was just, he was like, I don't want anyone coming up to me and asking him for an autograph. Peace and love, peace and love. I just don't want to do it anymore. Peace and love. <laughs> so wild. I mean, you know, even though he's the fifth best Beatle. Um... Oh, damn. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. You really let him have it. That's right, because we know he's listening to this, listening to me. Though those pop saga boys, <laughs> <laughs> those pop saga boys are after me again. <laughs> I'm gonna give them a pair of cement shoes. Gonna send them down to the octopus's garden. See how they like it. And now they'll, I'll be right there in my custom-made bathosphere. That's right, you thought I was going to say yellow submarine, but that's because you don't have an imagination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've killed you. Oh, the curse of Ringo is coming true. Let's go. You know we got to keep it hype all day and night like this. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, Masters of the Universe, Revelations, for sure, we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man grab somebody and start eating, from Evil in Clamp Champ, Tila and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, dear Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, let's go! Welcome to Dear Skeletor, the unofficial companion podcast to Masters of the Universe Revolution. Join us as we recap each episode, celebrate the things we loved, and discuss the other aspects we might not have liked as much. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Forrest. How you doing, Forrest? I am good! <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Well, uh, episode over? <laughs> So this is uh this is the right. podcast for uh, Masters of Air, right? Masters of the Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta leave uncomfortable pauses for people. You see, kind of. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the Avatar: The Airbender unofficial uh, companion, where we talk about what we would do with airbending. What would I you do? would give myself a full breath of, uh, full breath of. Uh, like fill my lungs up full of like breath so I could walk upstairs without huffing. That's what I do. What about you? <laughs> so breath play. Uh, very cool. So, uh, sort of. Sort of? What you got? What you got? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the, you know, it kind of comes back to when we, we were talking about like what powers we would get. And I was like, mine would be sort of like Jubilees, but like really pointless. I figure 
if I had air bending, I wouldn't do anything good with it. It would just be either things to get me to work slightly quicker or help me around the house. Like I don't want to sweep. That'd be right. Here. <laughs> For me, it would definitely be uh, getting rid of a fart. Fair. That's oh, that's a good one because you could whip one right across the room. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just like I can blame it on anybody. The dog doesn't matter, and it's just like uh, it just I just be like bend it away. Get out of here, fart. <laughs> that's right. You could ride on a bald fart. Ooh, a ball of fart. <laughs> wow, you really sold me on this. Yeah, you're welcome. But uh, I guess that's not what we're really here to talk about. Isn't it? Oh, it's not? Oh, no. Fair enough. No, it's not. I don't think so. No, I think we're here to talk about. What are we here to talk about, John? Well, I'm trying to talk about it. And you, yeah, you, but what are we here to talk give about? Give me these. But I'm trying to talk about it. Let me talk about it. Can I talk about it? I'm going to talk <laughs> sure. about it. Okay, let me talk about it. I'm talking about it. We're talking yeah. about. Masters of the Universe Revolution, Season 1, Episode 2, Ascension. Ascension. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I think that's what we're talking about. And I said it, right? Right? I that's think so. I said it, right? All right, good. Good. <laughs> I'm, glad we, I'm glad we worked that out. Uh, who wrote this one, John? Do you know? Uh, Tim Sheridan and Kevin Smith. Oh, interesting. So he's not just writing the first yeah. episode now. He's also writing the <laughs> co-writing the second one. Yeah, he's probably just like, look, I'm going to write as much as possible. This stuff's fun. And I'm going to keep writing what's fun. Tickety-tack, tickety-tack. <laughs> That's how I imagine his keyboard sounds. Is that, is that how his keyboard sounds? Yeah. Yeah, tickety-tack, tickety-tack, tickety-tack. Ascension, tickety-tack, tickety-tack, tickety-tack. While a mysterious fire spreads in Eternos, a flashback reveals Adam's ancestry. Tickety-tack, 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 as he ponders a tough choice. Meanwhile, Tila embarks on a crucial mission. Tickety-tack. All right, Tim, punch that up. And then he knows what, what he does. Mm. So you think he he oh, just writes... <laughs> Do you think he just writes the <laughs> Netflix little description? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> asked and answered, I suppose. That's right. Probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but the answer I was willing to give. Mm, well, I, I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I, I can do neither, but I can make things up like I like to do. Tickety-tack, tickety-tack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, the Stephen King of this podcast, uh, always in the background, tickety tacking, getting tickety tacking away. I'm that dude from the end of like all the TV shows back in the '80s, like tickety tack, tickety tack. Then I pull like the paper, and it just blows around the room until it turns into the uh, production company logo. I forget oh, the name of the production company though. Yeah, what was that production company name? It's like a guy's name. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> pitch perfect, pitch perfect, <laughs> cut and print. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> tickety tack, tickety tack, a bit of boo boo boo. Oh, 
Uh, take them when you can get them, Forrest. Gotta take them when you can get them. Yeah. And then uh, maybe that was Deke. It wasn't Deke. Because it was no? like, the, like the ones you'd see on the end of like A-Team and... Yeah, it, it, like literally all the action shows back in the like late seventies through the eighties, where he's just like, I'm typing stuff, and then I'm gonna throw this piece of paper because I don't like what I typed, and then it turns into my logo, and you'll enjoy it, and you'll love it. That's Guess what? You're gonna love it, <laughs> or else what? Oh, uh, it's uh, Stephen J. Cannell. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That was gonna bother me. Not really, but sort of. And it was a it was a silhouette of Mr. Cadell. Tickety tack, tickety tack. <laughs> do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. St- Stephen <laughs> J. Cannell. Now, oh, okay, you want to talk about pitch perfect? Yours was even more pitch perfect than mine. <laughs> I don't. Even, I honestly don't remember the tune, and it's actually bothering me a little bit. I'm resisting the urge to look it up. Yeah, just wait till later. Save yourself, save it, save it for nighttime. Like when you're ready to like go to bed. You're like, oh, let me yeah. look this up. Uh, nighttime, uh, uh, helpful right tune time. to put me to sleep. <laughs> just, just the tune. Oh, that sounds <laughs> like it sucks. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say that sounds like it sucks, John. Uh, mm. But uh, should we just jump into the episode? What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I okay. think we've done enough preamble. The folks are done with our crazy machinations, and they're ready to hear us talk about SHJ. That's right. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Our mathematical machines? Mathematical? What was the thing he said? I don't remember. Is it just me, or do you also miss this skeleton? <laughs> uh, sure. That's sure, right. That. You miss my pitch perfect skeleton, you bumbling booba. <laughs> I didn't know he was Gen Z now, just calling him boobas. Booba? <laughs> is that a Gen? Is that uh, something that is like associated with Gen Z? The booba? I mean, I've I mean, I've seen it on the Twitch, so I just assume that's the case. Ah, the Twitch. Who are you watching on Twitch these days? Yeah. Or do you not want to, to give it away? No, nah, no. Nah, let people try to figure out who I watch on Twitch. You'll be surprised mm. when you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. Well, join the Pop Saga Discord uh, and guess what kind of Twitch stuff that John watches. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Might be action figure based. Maybe. Maybe. It is it's not shit. Okay, well now I'm gonna be I'm gonna have to be in the running too. Uh, for whoever guesses one of the streamers I watch, uh, regularly, okay, I will give a five dollar gift card to Starbucks. Whoa! Wow. Well, the the hunt is on, um, for the person watched by John. Um, and with that rhyme, uh, yes, I was gonna say, uh, you have to turn that within the next two weeks, uh, from 
two six uh, 2024 until whatever two weeks from here on because i don't want someone to like listen to this like five years later be like i guessed it give me my gift card because i'll be like what i don't know who you are i'm too old now what's a podcast so i don't want to do any of that stuff so anyway there you go those rules but just put in discord I'm interested. okay i'm i'm shocked how much you've aged in <laughs> five years or whatever you said but oh it's been a rough ride it's a, it's rough, been a rough listen ride. if the last week the last week has aged me like at least two years, so I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, no, I've I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, uh, I've been there. Yeah, but yeah. we're not here to talk about reality and all the the heavy themes therein. We're here to talk about Masters of the Universe Revolution. Ascension is the name of the episode. The place, Eternia. <laughs> the time now. <laughs> Eternia. 10,000 tons of tumbling raspberry-flavored pop rocks. Still look good, though. Still look good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but the you, don't ha- you hardly get a chance to enjoy that rock candy before we go into the shortest intro to date. No voiceover, no uh, old art, just uh, straight into just a very somber intro. And But we do get a new title treatment. It goes from, it went from, like, Sorcerer's Magic to, like, Technoplated last episode, and now it goes from Technoplated to Mighty Motherboard. Yeah, it definitely is pulling in the design language from Motherboard. It's kind of cool. I like, I, I, I appreciate that switch and kind of keep switching it around as, uh, I guess, the story progresses. I wonder if they continue that with the other episodes. I think they've set up a situation where they have to, I think. Um... And I just remembered what we, our a special name for Mighty Motherboard, Mebobo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to remember that our our head character, Mebobo. Um, but we go right into the somber opening into a flashback. Uh, we get to see Randor and Keldor as children, um, and they are in the process of looking for their father's flask of technically fruit juice and we all know what that means john it's a flask of wine wait who's putting wine in a flask that's what i thought i was like a it's not gonna taste good after a little while because it's already been corked uh and then b like disappoint like a swig of wine that's not gonna get you there it needs something a little with a little higher bit of a apv maybe it's like he, maybe it is some other sort of distilled spirit made out of fruits. I mean, sure, it's a sangria, but I mean, I'm not putting, <laughs> I'm not putting any sort of fruit-based wine in a flask. That's that's not what a flask is for. A flask is for like whiskey. Like I would rather be like, mm, smells like grain alcohol. But I guess I couldn't say that <laughs> with a kid show. So um. well, I guess it's technically paint thinner. <laughs> I guess it's technically antifreeze. Anyway, um, this what follows is a very uh, traumatizing scene uh, for young Randor and Keldor as they get to witness a uh, an argument between their parents or or in in, in uh, Keldor's parents as we find out uh, Keldor's situation as we find out more of a I guess stepmom and dad situation. Either way. Uh, they really lay out the uh, they lay out the problem on the table, and the problem is because Keldor is uh, 
I mean, I'll just use the words that Amelia word, a bastard son. Uh, he will, because of that, the rules forbade him for, from ascending to the throne. So the idea was once he came of age or whatever, he would be sent back to live with his mom. Uh, with the rest of the Gar, I think is what... And now, I I didn't quite catch this name, John, and maybe you did, but it was Anmat Gar? Was that where he's from? I think that was what it was. It was kind of, to be fair, it was kind of garbled both when it was said by... Is it a King... I think they, they say his name like one time. King Miro. Mm-hmm. And then it was gum- garbled again when Keldor says it a little bit later, but I think it's Gamakgar. Gamakgar. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and so there's just a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of kids silently crying <laughs> while that, while that happens. Yeah, this is a brutal thing to sit through. Uh, ooh, a lot more adult than I was expecting, I guess. Uh, yeah, in this, but just in- really the start of the kid crying content in uh in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is the one that's this is the one that's meant to uh, tug at the heartstrings, I think. Yeah, and it's definitely. I think this is just another sort of nail in the coffin of our previous theory that we were going to get more sort of bottle episodes because this is very clearly following moments after the previous episode. Uh, Adam, we flash back or we we come back from the flashback to the present, and Keldor is basically explaining the his backstory and why. He left, and uh, what happened to him? Uh, basically, the Horde attacked, uh, much like the Fire Nation is known to do, and <laughs> um, and he was injured, and rumors spread of his death. And instead of uh, uh, disabusing folks of that of that notion, instead uh, he decided to let the rumor stand because. He figured that would just be easier for Randor to assume the throne uh, and move on with his life if, if he didn't have the fact that his uh, his beloved brother uh, was banished, hanging over his head. So uh, that's that is sort of all the explanation that Ada, that Prince Adam needs uh, to justify the return of his his long thought dead uh, uncle. Do you, do you get the impression that like Adam knew this, like like this was known, sort of known within the family at least that uh, uh you know his dad had a brother, like because the last one we got Hard kind of a, a a sort of a knowing look, but also it wasn't like it didn't feel like oh that brother you know like we've heard him talk about him before it was yeah. kind of like brother yeah I think he's mentioned it so I I wonder how much he he knew of this before or how much of this uh, backstory he actually knew yeah that's a good question it really seemed like they purposely cut away to uh to adam when the brother was mentioned and there was a look of surprise but you're right it did it wasn't like adam was like whoa hold on whoa pump the brakes friend uh dad what do you mean i have an uncle there was none of that really but there was I don't know. Maybe it's something that they just don't talk about a lot. Hard to say. I mean, I guess you wouldn't want to talk about your your dad's uh, quote unquote illegitimate brother who should actually be the king. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when are we going to see Uncle Keldor? <laughs> Adam, 
you constant disappointment. If only you were that buff hunk. Uh, <laughs> that dreamboat, He-Man. I'd make him king in a minute. Wait, in a minute. He could be both king and champion. I wouldn't care. He could handle the, the, the pressures of the throne. So uh, during this scene, we we see that Keldor has a very cool Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. And it's got holographic technology. He's got a cool spaceship or some sort of land skimmer that he's designed. Lots of uh, fun binary floating by. It's it's clear that uh, it's 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 clear that this uh, guy has uh, he's got the chops when it comes to being uh, a genius engineer, um, which uh, which very much impresses Prince Adam. He was he, when he sees that hologram, he's like, whoa. <laughs> It's so much cooler than what Duncan makes. Oh, Duncan sucks compared to this guy. Keldor, where have you been all my life? Yeah, Duncan stuff's all practical and functional. Your stuff's all glowy and floaty. I like it. I like it. Yep, and meanwhile, Keldor is just very much like, Listen, buddy, I never I never wanted the throne. I never wanted it. I w- and guess what? I won't take it now. But I might, but I never would. I didn't want it back then, and I definitely don't want it now. Yeah, <laughs> but he is protesting uh, too much. Yeah, then definitely ignoring how I started this in, from the last episode by yelling you about not taking a throne. I was just <laughs> joshing. Maybe I wasn't. Who knows? It's sure. Me. You were in the middle of talk of eulogizing your dead father, and I inter- basically interrupted you very rudely and was super confrontational, but I love you. I'm your uncle. I'm we your were just having joke-em-ups. Yeah, that's me, what. Come uh, over here. Let me give you a little noogie. Come over here. That's what. That's what. That's what uncles and nephews do. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the sound of him giving him a noogie? Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's how they do it over on uh, uh, over in Gar territory. Gar. Welcome to Gamagar. <laughs> Where we are, we love pirates and also technology. Um, we all have disposable income. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but in, there's not really a lot of time to dwell on that because a massive explosion occurs outside and Adam is thrilled at the prospect of a terrorist attack. <laughs> I mean, I was too. Anything to get me out of this real, like, deep conversation and you know learn about the the bad past that he had the experience like get me out of here let's just start punching some things in the face hopefully yeah and he runs out onto the balcony and he's like what's going on and they find out that it's indeed due to skeletor and you should see adam's face light up he's like skeletor finally something i could a problem i can punch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an easy problem to deal with compared to the uh, difficulties of the throne that's right. Oh. Uh, Cringer lives up to his name by being like, oh, brother, I've seen that face before. And then he tells everyone to stand back, and yet they just jump off the balcony. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If I was up there, did. I'd be like, why did we need to stand back? Maybe it was asked to stand back just so you can see how cool that was. <laughs> yeah, everyone Whoa, stand every- back from a good vantage point. <laughs> yeah. Shoot this in portrait. We got to get it on the Internia Instagram. In- Interniagram. <laughs> Let's get it on there. Okay. Right. Let's do this. 
Do you uh, think, John, mm-hmm. if he if he doesn't if he messes up this timing even a little bit, he's dead. Is, he dead. Is, yeah, he's just... yeah, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, Cr- Cringer's legs are broke. Adam's yep. probably like the power sword isn't like you know Green Lantern's ring. It's just not going to protect him. Yeah, you got to you got to start. You got to jump start it. You got to give that whole I I got the power thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I thought it. I was like, mm, it's not as. Uh, Far as a drop as I think you think it is. Yep. Uh, like, oh god, oh god, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> uh, but I, I really loved the uh, the H logo transition. That really put yeah. me in the uh, the old school cartoon mood, and I was uh, I was very I was very excited to see it. Yeah, uh, ditto, ditto. Um, it, overall, I just like the amped up vibrancy. I I really do feel like everything's uh, colors are popping a lot more. It's a lot more vivid, and they have that. H logo show up was like, all right, we're 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 in for a treat, or we're in for something. Yeah, and now I uh, now I'm with my old buddy, the Masters of the Universe. Uh, but uh, we go from that H logo transition to a uh, a chilly mountain uh chamber. Uh, we see the the doors burst open, and there is the sorceress in her awesome, very toyetic, as you mentioned during our watch through, winter garb. I'm here for it. I'm gonna buy the winter garb version of a uh, cold weather sorceress. Yeah, easy, easy. Can you um real quickly? Because I had someone actually ask about this. I know what the mm-hmm. term means, but will you explain toyetic for uh, people who don't know? Sure. I think yeah. it's pretty easy to explain, but you know. For those who are trying to pick up what we're putting down. Right, yeah. Toyetic is just a term to describe something that looks like it is already a toy or could very be easily be turned into a toy. Uh, you know, I think He-Man is one of the very first cartoons that made that a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could, you could, uh, you could, I think you could argue pretty convincingly that the term Toyetic exists because Masters of the Universe exists. Yeah, I could definitely could see the parallels. Like you, you know, when you walked, well, when I walk, I won't, I won't uh, project. But when I walk through the toy aisles of uh, Target or wherever, normally when I'm looking at the shelf, I'm not looking for uh, people in business suits. You know, I'm looking for wild, crazy outfits and things that look really dope. Uh, that toyetic look. So, yeah, Master Universe definitely has that in spades. Uh, there's so much toyetic, it's insane. Yeah, I I guess you could probably maybe attribute Star Wars to, you know, jumpstarting that, but I think that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was the first time it was it was like a show that was specifically made as a cartoon for toys or a yeah. commercial for toys. Yeah, it's, it's straight advertisement. I think it's, I, I mean, maybe the term may have existed beforehand, but it's definitely came in into its prominence during the... Uh, 80s toy boom mm-hmm. yeah what a time what a time what a time it was um but uh here is a giant circular chamber with a with a seemingly endless pit right in the center um tila looks around and sees a, a very cool tapestry except that it's suggesting that there were four towers instead of three um and uh, she has she has nary a moment to to marvel over this revelation when a big old dragon raises out of the pit behind her, and who 
should we see but good old Granmir? Granamir. How do you pronounce this guy's name? It's Granamir. Granamir. Okay, because yeah. I have I have uh Branamir, mm-hmm. Granmir, and Okay. And just Grammar. I think I wrote it three different ways. You wrote it three different ways, all of them incorrect. Um, Yeah, Granamir. The uh, again, you will recognize this character not only because uh, of the the very uh, cool detail of his helmet that is buried in the snow uh, when Tila enters. Yeah, well. To be fair, I've, this is the third time I've seen the episode. So, oh. oh, so I've seen it a couple times. Oh, I see how it is. I did right. not notice that. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see these watch-alongs are really you just watching it along with me for the first time. Well, that oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, that okay. kind of breaks the illusion, but that's true. <laughs> I am pretending to react to things I already know that it will happen, but. Uh, I hope for all you out there, it doesn't ruin your listening to it. But hey, listen, we someone's got to take exhaustive notes and be pausing and take an hour to watch a twenty-minute-long episode. Someone's got to do it, and it's not going to be me. Not exactly. That's right. No time. No time. So, uh, the mighty dragon Banhammer thinks Tila is there to. Wish him goodbye on behalf of Randor, but Tila's got some bad news for him because Randor has shuffled off this mortal coil. You beat him to it. <laughs> yeah, but we also hear some very sick-sounding wef- wet coughs from Granamir, and it's fairly obvious that he is in a bad way. Um, so Tila basically lays out the stakes. She wants to resurrect Paternia, and she needs uh, Granamir once bestowed the power of Ka upon uh, the the mortal realms, the humans of uh, of uh, Eternia, and so she's asking him to do it once more. Um, and uh, we, at that point, we hear a familiar evil voice, but we're cutting back to Eternos before we can really. Uh, before we can, even as we're reeling from the uh, the reveal of normal Lynn, that's right. She is no longer, uh, she's no longer in Trolla, uh, Banished. No, she's back in Eternia, and uh, apparently hanging out with Granamir. But we're going back to Eternios. We cut back to Eternia, Eternos, I should say. And uh, the cultists are wrecking shop, pulling down He-Man statues. Again, I, I said this during the when we watched it, but why are they doing this first? This seems like a lot of effort. Uh, you know, maybe secure the, the square first and then start pulling the statues down. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, look, they look like they're having fun. I wouldn't want to take that away from them. And That's to be true. fair, it's a statue of their mortal enemy he-man it wasn't like just you know some dude statue so it's it's kind of like if anything it's like uh throwing like the flag or like starting a duel or something like we're gonna tear this down and we're all gonna start fighting you see what we're doing <laughs> we don't respect this place would it be step, step, step. <laughs> love your i love the use of sound effects this episode uh wouldn't it be great if it was a statue of snout sprout <laughs> <laughs> 
or spout, and uh, the rest of the townspeople just started joining in. <laughs> we never wanted this thing up in the first place. Look <laughs> here, let me take the rope. Let me help you. He hits you with sneezes. That's so gross. That's He's... right. Every day at noon, the big sp- spout of slime comes out. Where's the slime even coming from? <laughs> We'd think it ended at some point, but no. It's an ever-growing <laughs> font of snot. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so the, the robe, uh, the robed figures are throwing these, uh, grenades, uh, into the, into the crowd. And it's clear that they are, well, they're glittering in a way that I think is just like, they show us a show, a, a close up to make it clear that they are nanobots, but it, this has like a, a visual language that's been used in other cartoons. It's this sort of gl- glittery noise mm-hmm. that's inside of the cloud. That suggests a bunch of little uh, little particles in there. So I feel like you can pretty easily uh, tell what's going on. That's not going to stop them from reminding you what it is many times in the coming scenes. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I always appreciate the reinforcement for those uh, who aren't paying as close attention. You know, I miss Grandmere's helmet. I definitely could have maybe missed out the fact these were nano bombs. But then, like the third or fourth time they mentioned it, I understood what was going on. Yeah, it finally, it finally, uh, I finally broke the picked barrier. up on it. Yeah, I, I got it. That's fine. I'm, I'm picking up what they were putting down. Um, so Skeletor appears, uh, and he's looking all borged out uh, with his uh, Tetsuo arm, and uh, He Man quips that he looks more like a Skeletech. Yeah, and a, uh, yeah. we're groaning. Skeletor isn't groaning. Instead, he's like, uh, "Hey, I like it." Uh, but that's a, I, that's another Skeletor trick because he was like, "Did you think of that yourself?" Yeah, see, that's what I was cooking for. I I, I just gonna say overall, uh, Skeletor tech um, attitude during this whole like scene uh, cracked me up to know it. He really looked like he was having not only a good time but was being very mischievous and. Uh, Firing off those razor razor quick whips, so I, I I was for it. Yeah, I I really liked his vibe in these scenes. is very much old school Skeletor in a way that I very much appreciated. Um, he was definitely like uh just like just like the gif of Skeletor like saying something and then running away. <laughs> it's very much the vibe uh from this scene, which I very much appreciated. But uh Keldor arrives and Skeletor is immediate like immediately like, Oh, heroes come in blue now which again I think is a funny reference to the toys. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. probably specifically uh, one toy. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? A little alternate-looking He-Man who they just turned blue and they're like, here, buy this, kids. Hey, hey, uh, I think I liked Faker almost as much as I liked uh, He-Man. So, yeah? Well, Big I surprise. Mean, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, what they refer to as a Masters Universe Mark. So it's you're pretty a, easy. <laughs> you're a Mark. It's this one's just for John. Yeah. It's, what, what's better than a, a regular He-Man? A blue He-Man with orange hair and a boombox <laughs> on his chest. <laughs> it was cool. I liked Faker too. Uh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't pretend. I also like Faker. I mean, I don't know how he faked anyone out, but you know, whatever. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling a little blue. Oh, that explains it. 
Yeah, that's still a better one than that Skeletech. <laughs> Four, that's a more like Skeletech. Oh, cool. Yeah, all right. I like it. Did you see my my arm or my leg? Seems worse than before, huh? Anyway, <laughs> it's very creaky. Yep. Uh, so Skeletor and He-Man uh, engage in what I'm going to call expository fisticuffs, yep. where uh, Skeletor reveals that conveniently hidden under the streets of Eternia, or Eternos, I should say, it are these techno-titans that are cut, look like they're straight out of Evangelia. Yeah, straight up. Those are angels, and we needed Avas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if only they had those uh, in uh, Eternos Palace, but uh, alas, they do not. Um, and uh, then we see, uh, you know, you know, Man at Arms is blasted away with all our cool gadgets and such, uh, and enlists the aid of uh, Orko to uh, help her out to, to cover her flank because uh, this uh, angel from Evangelion is going <laughs> to hit her with a big old blast. And uh, <laughs> he man twenty three skidoo though. That's what. That's I, right. <laughs> Sava shows up and you just see him hugging it down the street, going after. <laughs> yeah, it's a really <laughs> funny. I don't know if this is meant to be played for a joke, but uh, man at arms is just like, oh, hey, he man, what should we do? Oh, and then you just see he man booking it down the street. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I. It was very funny. If it if it you know if it um. Uh, is meant to be a joke, great. If it's not meant to be a joke, also great. I just liked it. Yeah, I'll take it. I like the... <laughs> yeah, because it's just funny because he is he is so far gone. <laughs> like, it seems like he left uh, Andra there so long ago. While she was just back with her, he's like, well, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go do this. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> gotta go. Oh, gotta get out of here yeah very funny uh then we cut to an alleyway uh skeletor is in there he is uh proving to be his kind of going a little farther than his usual sort of mischievous arch villain and just like he's just has a kid hostage and is threatening to infect him with this uh these nanobots that we saw are turning everyone into super buff borgs um, I, I mean, I, I could, I, mean, I could not, use, yeah, I could use those. Be honest, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, we I'd all take could, that. yeah. It's, I've got a couple of cans are pretty hard to open downstairs. So I could really yeah, use those right, yeah, boost strength. Yeah, I've, I've got a jar of pepperoncinis that I can't get open for the life of me. Yeah, are you gonna be able? To, are you gonna be able to make the the Chicago hot dogs at home? That's right. You, I just eat those things whole. Those tangy, spicy delights. Give me some of those pepperoncinis, but they make the bottle so hot open. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my that's my bit about <laughs> complaining about pepperoncinis. Please write your congressman. Anyway, um, but uh. Yeah, you know, uh, he Skeletor does eventually unleash these nanobots, and they infect this kid as as Skeletor, uh, you know, jumps up through the alleyway and and absconds across the roofs. Uh, 
the nanobots also get on He-Man, and for a moment, we it, there's some very tense music playing, and we are left to wonder, is He-Man going to be infected? He's, is he going to become Faker himself? Uh, but no, the power is burning away those pesky nanobots, uh, which uh, may or may not be a little bit of foreshadowing. I don't think so. I just think it just happened to be something that happened, you know? Okay. No, it was nothing to look related. into. Nothing to look into. No, we good. <laughs> so we, we good. cut back we out good. to the street, and Keldar's plan is revealed. Uh, he said he had a plan at the end of last scene, and now the plan is coming to fruition. And his plan is to tell Battle Cat to uh, take out the Techno Titan. Great plan. Hey, it works. I mean, he's coordinating everybody. He's acting like a true leader, really. That's true. I'm being a little too hard on Keldor. I'm sure he's great and fine. <laughs> I mean, he flew in on a holographic, like, like a uh, hoverboard, but yeah, like it, it actually came, hovered it, and it wasn't right. on fire. And then it, it came out of his gar band. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty. That that's pretty cool. Just saying. Just saying. And he's got like the touch of white in his hair. I mean, he's he's. He's got leadership potential for sure. And he, yeah, you know, he showed it. Yeah, he's a hunk. We all yeah. get it. And he's doing, and he's like, he's really uh, taking control of the situation in, in a way that uh, is really endearing himself to everybody. Um, he's got a plan, though, beyond just Battle Cat taking down the Techno Titan. No, he's going to, uh, he uses some holographic USB cords to. Uh, plug into Man-at-Arms Gauntlet and upgrades it, creating it, uh, turning it into a virus blast. Uh, blaster, I should say. Um, and, uh, you know, Man-at-Arms is very briefly suspicious. Like, how do you know how to do all this stuff? But he explains, hey, it's old Gar, uh, it's old gold Gartech. Don't worry about it. Uh, these, these Techno Titans are powered by, uh, you know where I grew up. I know all about them. Yeah. So that's really I mean, enough. I mean, I guess it's enough. It's enough. I mean, I would have trusted him the minute he flew in on a, a hoverboard that then disappears into his watch. He obviously knows some things I don't. No, oh, I mean certainly. Uh, so the third part of his plan is uh, Orko is going to wrap this Techno Titan in golden bands of magic to hold it down. And then uh, Man at Arms is gonna blast it with uh, with um, uh, this sort of self destruct sequence virus, and of course we get a ticking clock because it's not something that can happen instantaneously. You no, know, it has to be uploaded. So we get sort of a, a percentage um, uh, going up, and then then also we uh, get Orko warning us that he doesn't know how long he can hold this thing still. So um, the stakes are very high, but with but we cut away from the street and back to the alley, where He Man discovers, while well, he is hold, cradling this sobbing child in his truly comically large arms, uh, that the his sword of power is also burning away these nanobots, and indeed the power seems like the uh, like the antidote to this nanobot infection. And so he picks up his sword and just runs the kid through. It's horrifying. 
I mean, that is a way to deal with the situation. If you just yeah. take the kid out, you don't got to worry about the next, you know, techno kid. Yep. Thing. And he closes yeah. his eyes and he's just like, well, that didn't work. Yep. Ooh, my bad. What am I going to no, do with his I'm head? <laughs> I'm kidding. He doesn't do that. No, he just places the sword on the uh, on this crying child, and the the nanobots are dissolved, and uh, the kid is saved. Yeah, nice to know, but obviously this is going to be like a, a practical a- application here. Like you know, like what one, one one sword tap at a time. Hopefully, yeah. it's not like stealing the power from them either. Maybe it is. Who knows. Yeah, maybe that's the maybe that'll be the de- the depressing outcome of the season is that Adam has to slowly give away all of his power, uh, which would not be fun. But we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to judge anything before it happens. I've I haven't seen any episodes. I don't have any idea. Um, so as we could have predicted, back out on the street, Orko's power fails when the pro- right when the progress bar hits 99. percent <laughs> So. Uh, yeah. You know what, Orko, you're doing, you're all, you know what, there, you're not the butt of the joke anymore. You're doing some great stuff this, but I mean, you just got to hold out for one more percent. It was like a one more millisecond. Yeah, I'm sure you, uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't want to judge, but and I mean, it's, you. I mean, it's nice seeing Orko be like, you know, Orko finally getting his groove and figuring sure. out how to do the magic and stuff. But yeah, you're right. He could have just, just one more. Keep yeah. those golden bands on there, but then where would be where the suspense would be? Where that, would the true. drama be? I mean, you're not wrong. They would definitely take a little win out of what happens next, but at least they he could have saved Battle Cat's spine uh, from being quite quite uh, <laughs> smattered to smithereens against a wall. Because well, man, Battle Cat goes battle splat. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that this was brutal. I didn't think we were gonna lose Battle Cat so soon in the series. R.I.P. <laughs> and we got to another funeral for Battle Cat. It's weird. Two episodes, two funerals. Very interesting turn for you, man. No, no. Everyone calm down. Battle Cat is fine. Um but uh after a rousing speech from Keldor, Man in Arms is able to fire the last bit of binary in a big old Kamehameha into yeah. the uh Actually, you know what? I don't want to say that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a cool thing to say. We'll sure. say uh, Hadouken. Uh, a blazing Hadouken. Hadouken! There we go. Into uh, into into the like weak point of this uh, this this techno titan, the big red eye, as they sort of comically um, reference earlier in this episode, and the thing to self destructs and. It looks like Keldor and Men at Arms have saved the day. Um, back in the alley, the the kid is cured, gives He Man a big old hug. He Man then drops him off at his parents and runs to the adulation of a cheering crowd, cheering for He Man. What? 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 What's that you say? Not for me, for my blue uncle. Oh, for my blue uncle who just you know just literally came in by night. And is uh, taking the popularity by storm, even though arguably I would say He Man did the more important thing. Uh, yeah. Also, the, yeah, he has been here for like four hours. Uh, <laughs> like the so- passage of time is very compressed, and like 
they were just at the funeral. Like, it has been four hours. That's my headcanon. Yeah, I mean, it's not been long. It's not been long enough to be like, this guy's great. He-Man, where were you? And I'm like, I mean, look, I am He-Man. I am still just a He-Man. There's only one of me. Like, there's a bunch of you masters over there. Where's Buzz Off? Where's yeah, Snout's where Brow? Where's, where's Rio Blast? Blast? Right. You know, he could have pew, 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 and it would have been done. It's like, I imagine like the, the, the typical masters should be able to deal with an Ava, uh, you know, an angel, uh, yeah. an angel attack for sure. I think you don't need He-Man for everything, but, you know, again, just showing uh, Adam that maybe he can't be both. He can't both be warrior and and leader maybe or you know king in this instance. yeah it's definitely the, there's a look on he-man's face after this happens which is sort of like oh but then he smiles he's like wait a minute i've got a he idea um wait do you think when rio blast shows up next he's gonna be like save a horse ride a cowboy <laughs> <laughs> yes and then he's gonna run off saying he hanging 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 for a hunk of hunk of hunk of cheese <laughs> Great. I can't wait. You know, wait for it. Uh, so back in uh, back in the dragon's lair, yeah. Tila and Lynn are exchanging, uh, Tila and normal Lynn are exchanging barbs. And uh, it turns out that uh, Lynn left Trala to come take care of Granamir. Um, and uh, that... Basically, that causes uh, Tila to just embarrass the crap out of normal Lynn. Yeah, she's bringing the heat. Yeah, we even see a little bit of... She gets a little flushed cheeks. Like Tila clearly knows how to get under normal Lynn's skin uh, and really lays it on thick, um, even though normal Lynn is, is fairly uh, indignant the entire time. And... You know, Gramir's like, I'm not going to give you the power of God. Last time I did that, people did horrible things with it. So I learned my lesson, no dice. No, and, you know, arguably, rightfully so. It was a bad mistake Gramir yeah. made. It was, it was. He shouldn't have. But, you know, if uh, the sorceress is going to rebuild uh, Preternia, going to need, like, a, the, the lovely... Uh, former sorcerers told us gonna need that cod juice. You're gonna just need it. You need the. You need to know the cod magic. You're just gonna need to know that <laughs> cod juice. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like kombucha. That's just all it is. Oh, it's kombucha. I yeah, exactly. Get it now. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, so back in Eternos, uh. He-Man explains to Duncan and Orko uh, at Man-at-Arms how uh, the cure works. He's able to, as long as he shares a little bit of power with whoever's infected, much like he does with Battle Cat, then uh, they're able to be cured. And Orko's like, great, just do it on everyone. And I think uh, I think Andra is very much thinking clearly here when she says, Hey, they have grenades that can just turn clusters of people into these zomb- into these techno zombies. Uh, you know, I think it's not going to work to have one He-Man. 
go around and just individually because it takes some time we saw to to fully cleanse the infection so they're going to need to come up with a different plan and the plan they concoct is that he needs to be able to amplify the the sort of power in such a way where he can do basically like a giant aoe attack and uh and cure a like all of Eternia at once instead of uh, doing this sort of onesie twosie uh, business. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, there's only one person who could help with that." And I'm like, "Who's that?" <laughs> I was like, "Who's going?" Who? No, they don't elaborate. <laughs> they all know. We as the audience, no idea. Yeah, I, I'm like, maybe when we'll see this person, we'll go, "Oh, that makes sense." But right now, I have no idea. This. Oh wait. I think I know who it is. Who do you think? I think I know who it is. You want me? Yes. Yeah. Call a shot. All right. Well, I'm going to Babe Ruth it. I think it's Gwildor. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're totally right. It has to be. be It has to be. Oh, very cool. Did you bring me ribs? <laughs> I've got barbecue sauce fingers, and I'm going to make a machine for you. Duncan's like, why did we come here? I mean, it's like the last bastion of uh, Motu like, fan service. Yeah, we're, we, got, we're, we already got a little bit so far. We've got a little 2000X, a little bit of the past one. Why not bring in Gwildor? Like, he's the only one I could imagine. It's time. Build a machine like that. If, you know, if, if uh, Man at Arms can't do it, then. You know, do you think he'll have, like, the cosmic key? Oh, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope that's, like, a part of it. Like, and it and if it plays the tune. It has to. It I'm going to shit. to. It has to. But if it plays the tune, I'm going to shit my pants. Yeah. In, yeah. in happiness. In happiness. In happiness. No, yeah, no, I get it, dude. Okay, I just had to clarify for the people listening. I know you get it, but other people are like, he's going to shit his pants. That's wow, a- he's so scared of that key. <laughs> that's like, that's a reaction. <laughs> uh, So Orko does a fun gag about calling down the power. To be honest, I thought he was going to do it. I thought it was like, whoa, I'm going to see yoked Orko. I, to be honest, I don't know if my body is ready for yoke, yo, uh, yoked Orko. I don't know if I want to see if it's like what is going on under that robe. I mean, I don't think you do. I just think it just becomes like a real skit tight robe. Like he's just like a r- real buff, but like just like one giant thigh or something. Right, right on. <laughs> yeah, just from the head down. Hey, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, uh, whatever you got going on. If it works for you, it works for you. Um, but. Uh, what I think the implication here is that he's handing off the sort of power to Orko uh, and Duncan, and they're going to go off on their own little side quest. Um, but uh, as everyone sort of uh, disperses, He-Man and Battlecat have a real touching moment uh, where Battlecat gets to tell He-Man that he's loved being his Battlecat. And I am concerned now that Battlecat is going to die. Me too. Me too. That the when I was hearing that, I was like, "Oh, that's a very nice." Wait a minute. You better, you mother. He, come on, it's Battle Cat. We can't get rid of Battle Cat. You can't have uh, Masters of the Universe without Battle Cat. But I guess it could just give you one more, as if he needed another body. Uh, 
convincing him that Paternia needs to be brought back. It could add like another layer of urgency, although I think his dad dying <laughs> pretty much achieved that. So don't do this to us. Okay, don't take away Battle Cat, please. Yeah, yeah, and for those of you out there who already know what happens, and you're just laughing at our pain. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. So anyway, <laughs> we're enjoying doing it this way. Don't take this away from us. Don't spoil don't, it. Don't, don't, don't take this away from me. But don't take Battle Cat. Don't take Battle Cat away from me. Come on. Yeah, please. Uh, we're begging you. Um. Well, then we cut to the throne room where uh, Adam is uh, making a speech. And, uh, you know, I guess you could just, like, everyone was just almost blown up by uh, a Skeletor and his uh, his cultish minions and, and a very uh, no-lines-this-episode Triclops. And, uh, but uh, he's just, you know, Adam's yucking it up in the throw room. And guess what? You know how he was going to be crown king? N- not this, not anymore. The coronation has changed. And Keldor shall be king. Dun dun dun. Complete shocker. Um, again, must we remind you? This has been six hours now since Keldor arrived, <laughs> and He Man's like, he seems cool based on the one thing I saw him do. <laughs> You're king now. Uh, and of course, the minute the crown touches Keldor's head, so uh, does a wicked smile spread across his face. Yeah. Like a, the most mischievous shit eating grin you could ask for, and you're like, "Oh, come on, yes, come on, yeah." But we uh we cut from that scene back uh to the the dragon's lair, and uh the, and we have a uh, Granamir is just roasting Tila with a with a, a gout of green flame, and it doesn't seem like it's really getting anywhere. So Lynn finally, normal Lynn, finally decides to uh, get off her high horse and uh, help with the quest. And she does so by convincing Granamir, hey, you think that you, when you die, your soul's just going to wander the universe forever. Guess what? You were a tremendous a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going straight to hell. Say hi to Scareglow for me, because I'm going to. Uh, but if the sorceress resurrects Praternia and we are instrumental in that process, perhaps there is a space in those golden fields for us as well. And the... Uh, the promise of not being tortured for eternity in Subternia really does motivate Granavir to do the right thing. I mean, what else he's got? It's either he's going to just die and not know it'll happen or take a chance here. And, you know, what does, what does Granavir have to lose? And uh, we didn't say it, but a voice by, uh, I never know how to say his last name, John Delancey. That's what is, I've heard, how I pronounced, heard it pronounced. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was like, the IE was just kind of dropped off, so it's more like John DeLance or whatever. But yeah, he's voicing Grant and he does a fantastic job doing it. Yeah. But oh, like, yeah. Q is here. Q is here. So, like, I mean, he should be able to solve all these problems, really. Yeah, just some... snap his finger and he's, uh, he's suddenly not dying. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Hey, and uh, Preternity, I'll bring that back too. Why not? Just yeah. in case. Yeah. But, um, Picard. Oh, if Picard. he would have. Brought... If you would have brought Picard here, that would have blown my mind. 
Wow, that uh, that is the crossover that we all want, um, but <laughs> we'll never get. Nope. So, uh, so uh, Granomir has a riddle, of course, because there's always a riddle when it, ha- it comes to dealing with dragons. Um, and uh, Evelyn, or sorry, Normalin. So, my apologies, yeah, Lynn. Get it right. Um, it takes a guess at the riddle. Luckily, he's not uh, asking her because she would have gotten it way wrong. Um, uh, but uh, Tila takes maybe like two more seconds to think about it and comes to the right uh, answer. And like that's when Granamir decides, hey, okay, here's the power of Ka. And the process looks a bit concerning. Her eyes roll into the back of her head and they begin glowing with a sickly green light. She is uh, drawn into his glowing palm where uh, he sailor moons her basically into uh, completely changes her into a snake woman. And uh, uh, I have to say, wow, may have really unlocked something for me here. I, I mean, I, I love the look. I love the look. I love the trans the transformation because we get kind of like that scale uh, effect that runs across as her uh, outfit's changing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's such a great uh, callback to kind of her original toy look with the uh, yeah. the, the, the snake hood and like everything. I, I, I'm really digging this. I'm like, okay, where is this going? Where is this going with that? But right on your toy shelf is where it's going <laughs> for sure like uh i'm sorry um a show for batman you might need to get retired <laughs> wow okay no, well i think that's that's not that's, true. that's, okay, that's not true okay we couldn't even uh keep I up could, the facade for the rest of the episode <laughs> i would have tried me I, I maybe a lesser known cube gets removed in favor of this stuff we'll see we'll see i'm still playing it by ear we'll see and uh, we also find out that uh, Normal Lynn is going to be able to uh, train Tila in the ways of Havoc as well. So that's two, that's two down. And uh, as we found out in the, on the tapestry, two more to go. Originally, we thought there was just one. But, uh, but I guess the, the original sorceress was wrong. Very strange. Or, or there's, there's just something she doesn't know. Or maybe it was something that was even before her time and any sort of... The- Must be passed passed on nature of the sorcerers probably didn't realize there's a there is a fourth power of some sort yeah and i thought this for sure this is where they were going to end the episode because it's a it's a pretty big deal to see uh tila go through a full transformation like that um but no there's a final sort of uh tag on the episode we uh switch back to snake mountain and uh skeletor is uh speechifying as he's known to do but then what is this skeletor transforms into me bobo <laughs> mighty motherboard <laughs> is back uh and then you have to wonder where's skeletor well no sooner do you wonder that than keldor enters the room and it is revealed that he was skeletor the whole time <laughs> Twas I, um, and it was an illusion. Really pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. Kind of makes you think maybe he should have done it sooner. But it does seem technological instead of magical. So maybe that was the real 
maybe they needed that technological edge to really to really get one over on on everybody yeah i mean maybe it's just like one of those like knock-on effects like he couldn't trust somebody to handle the other half the illusion like to play him you know like you need someone with a lot of gravitas to be skeletor tech i see and, so you know, that was that was mimobo extra exactly mimobo that's the one you're going to like beforehand like evil and maybe but now nah, you're not going to beast man you're sure as hell not going to like you know like uh, too bad Nah, Triclops is out. Triclops is out. Like, you know, most of these uh, trapster. No, that, that no. gross. It's a spider dude. No one wants that. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, Ooh, you know, so whatever. So they're just like, trap chop. Mm, let's get out of here. So, like, yeah, yeah, no one likes any of that stuff. A ninja, maybe. Who knows? Ninja, why not? But, like, everyone else, nah, we're good. We're good. So, like, I kind of see that. I, I, I kind of see uh, the, the, the fabulous Mibobo uh, is the only one capable of uh, mimicking the, the crazy mechanical, mathematical math machinations of Skeletor tech. Yeah. Bro. Uh, <laughs> I've got a new Bitcoin for you. Uh, <laughs> Do you like my puffy vest? I want to sell you NFTs in 2024. I almost got that joke out. It was almost funny. Good for me. Look at uh, my Skeletor Tech branded backpack. <laughs> I would buy the crap out of that. Yeah, um, but uh, we get a Skele laugh to credit, so that's the end of the episode. John, what did you think of this episode of uh, uh, Masters of the Universe Revolutions? Makes me kind of want to break my promise and just watch the other three so I know what's going on. It's... It, Really yeah. good, really quick. Um, really uh, happy with the whole, uh, uh, you know, Captain Kirk to Luke Skywalker switcheroo, like two of the biggest <laughs> sci-fi kind of icons on the planet, both playing the same character. That's neat. Um, I, I think we called that out. It's like, well, Keldor back in the day was Skeletor, so he's probably Skeletor somehow, but. When you saw them both in the same place for a minute, I was like, yeah. Yeah, they fooled us. Uh, they fooled me for sure. I, I was definitely, we talked about it. We talked about how Keldor, uh, based on his history in the other show, must be Skeletor. Uh, but as you said, when you saw him in the same place, we're like, oh, okay, maybe not. Maybe they're going in a different direction. Psych! Yeah, no, they're, they're going into it. And it's really, I guess, with like these condensed seasons. The five episodes, they're not really letting anything linger very long. No, no, yeah, no. they are the 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 uh, the plot is moving forward at our at a breakneck pace. Um, but John, you know, we we learned this episode that Keldor never existed and was in fact an illusion created by Skeletor. But I'm going to read you the synopsis for next week's episode. <laughs> Uh, and perhaps we'll f maybe this this uh, maybe this deception has more layers than even we can comprehend. Okay. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking about episode three of Masters of the Universe Revolutions, uh, called "More Things in Heaven and Eternia," and the synopsis is. 
With the Horde's evil plan in place, Skeletor learns the truth about his past. Duncan and Orko seek an old friend's help to enhance the Sword of Power. Okay. Yeah, so... Maybe it's like uh, maybe Skeletor's past will have some connection to Keldor after all. I'm. I mean, I'm certainly hoping so. I think that would. Be, well, sort of. Like it, it would be kind of weird if like Skeletor was He Man's uncle. Sorry, kid. I guess I'm not a great uncle. Anyway, die. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Okay, we're so we're exploring like a little bit more Skeletor's origin. You know, yeah. Definitely... Here's here's what I thought, John. When yeah, I read that got? line, what you got? We know the uh, Keldor explained. However, much of this is truthful, we can't say because it was Skeletor the whole time. However, Keldor explained that um, when he was a child, he was sent away, uh, and the horde attacked, and he was injured, quote unquote, and assumed dead. And then that's he left that uh, rumor stand. One of his injury was to his face, and maybe the inj- the evidence of the injury is that he's got a skeleton face. Yeah, I mean that tracks, right? Could be, could be. Yeah. We'll have to wait till next week to find out. Uh, so before we say goodbye for this week, we'd like to thank Burton M Six for our theme song. If you're interested in having him make a piece of music for you, check the show notes to uh, for a link to his Fiverr page. Links to our Discord and social can, socials socials yes socials can also be found in the show notes as well. Until next time, be kind to each other because when it comes to making the world a better place for everyone, you have the power. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, masters of the universe, revelations, for sure, we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man grab somebody and start eating, from Evil Lynn, Clamp Champ, Tila, and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, the Skeletor, the unofficial revelations companion, let's go.